Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing podcast. My name is Kate Bruiser, and with me, as always, is my friend, my co-host, my bosom buddy, John Troopin. <laughs> John, how are you today? I'm hot. Oh my god, so hot! Oh my <laughs> god! Perhaps, perhaps not shocking to anyone in the Seattle area, but it is a hot one, as a wise man once said. It's uh, not just that it's hot, it's that it's hot and not pretty, because you can't right. see the water, so I can't even trick my brain into it's, imagining it's cool. It's a hot where you like don't want to be outdoors. Like no. you, you don't even want to be at the water, as you said, because like it'll just be smoggy and smoky, and you'll just like struggle to breathe. Like if you have any sort of breathing problems, like it sucks. Yes, like, the prayers up to everybody who has asthma or allergies or anything right. that's being impacted by the uh, smoke in the air and the general b- unbreathability of it right now. I'm actually, I'm curious, like. Because I know there are professional players with asthma and with thing, you know, things like that, and and we see players who have sort of these illnesses or or, or conditions that they have to manage. I wonder how often that factors into you know different places signing. You know, obviously, like if you if you had some sort of condition, you might not look at L.A. or you might not you know look at. Uh, you know, playing in Colorado. I, w- I wonder if that has come up in negotiations much. I don't know. I googled baseball player asthma, and the <laughs> the <laughs> result I got was <laughs> Brett Tomko. Oh, name of the uh, D two player, the award given to the D two pitcher of the year. Our own Dan Altavilla won the Dan- the Brett Tomko award. Huh. Uh, but yes, he 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 played for uh, played for the Giants. So I don't know. That wouldn't be a terrible place to wind up if you had asthma, right? Yeah, I mean he was he was one of the the big hauls for the Mariners um, mm-hmm. back back in the day. Um, but I I don't recall. I must admit uh, any any information on on his struggles with the with the heat and and with. Uh, the many, the many potential issues that would come up during, uh, you know, after he came back for Griffey, but who knows? Regardless, it is it is not as consequential as no one is playing baseball in Seattle. The Rainiers may have to deal with it, but uh, thankfully we are we are here, and the Mariners are in balmy Kansas City. Mm, pleasant. Um, probably the only time I will say that about Kansas City over Seattle. The weather is preferable. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's been a weird week in in baseball, or especially I mean, obviously in in Mariners fandom, right? Because like we've had this long stretch of time where the Mariners have been not out of it but you know realistically they they've not played like a team that was going to make anything up and then all of a sudden they're a game and a half back of the wild card right and you know they're they're going to be playing tonight you know when when people are listening to this we'll have had the first game of the series already but you know against the royals who i think kind of suck i think so too i think they're a paper tiger team I really hope they are ignited into an, a delightful <laughs> inferno this weekend. Then, 
just too much spicy sauce, barbecue sauce, and, and yeah, I'll take I'll take a, a further reduction in our air quality if it's pieces of the Royals <laughs> blowing across our landscape for sure. Just little embers and scraps of Royal. Oh uh, yes, oh oh, there goes a particularly greasy one that must have been Kendry's at some point. <laughs> I know he's not a Royal anymore, but I can't I can't I can't resist an opportunity. He he got away from the angels and then has just hung on to wearing some color like some shade of blue. <laughs> uh, covers the barbecue stains. <laughs> what kind of barbecue <laughs> sauce are you using? Using funfetti barbecue <laughs> sauce. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I just cannot with him. That is that's that's one of those players that I just cannot ever be logical about. Just the he, sight of his face infuriates me. I I'm not so far away from you there. It, he was really, I mean, if he'd been anything, he might you know this. We might not be in a playoff drought. There are a lot of people, I suppose, if they've been anything. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> like the entire 2010 roster. Yeah. <laughs> if any, of, <laughs> that was a whole team of people not being anything. So. Uh huh. That's uh, that's sad. Let's talk about something happier. Let's talk about Royals we do like or did like. I always love Gerard Dyson. I'm so happy that he is mm-hmm. Amer- He's so much fun to watch, and he really had himself quite a series there in Texas, uh, saving <laughs> some pitcher bacon. Yeah, a couple good first innings. <laughs> that was just some some really extraordinarily bad base running oh yeah so by bad. the rangers and, and you talked a bit of this about this um you know you, you wrote about how the mariners were fine in that rangers series and uh, you know also the rangers were pretty remarkably bad. inept they were um, bad they were so that's a team that's reeling they're yeah. staggering yeah um, uh, although you know in 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 some of those situations the mariners did put that Put them, you know, put the pressure on them to be in those situations. You right. Know, those Dyson plays were exceptional, um, you know, it, and not just bad base running, although also bad base running. <laughs> but, uh, and there was the Jose Reyes, uh, you know, this was, you know, over the weekend, but you know, yep. Jose Reyes made a similarly mm-hmm. boneheaded play. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Delicious, delicious. <laughs> so good. So good. I was yeah. at that game. I'm still carrying the sunburn from being at that game. Being <laughs> in the Maple Grove, which was awesome. Oh, so much fun. So it fun. Another hot one. Um, yeah. You may, you may, listeners, hear a bit of a fan, and a more yeah. highly uh, high-quality uh, podcast might turn that off or edit that out. We are a podcast that is trying to survive the afternoon, uh, and so we're going to have some airflow, and I apologize. <laughs> hopefully going. hopefully, it has not come through quite so loudly in the recording. Um, I would I'm offer to turn the fan off, but I would probably <laughs> literally just melt, so I'm, s- I'm sorry <laughs> we'll just, I can't. We'll just hear, hear your speech devolve into a little... So back to on, ba- on yes. Dyson, um, I'm curious because I've seen you know the idea bandied about a little bit, and and we've talked about this in Slack, and and I'm curious where you stand on 
do you think it's worth extending him? You know, a guy who's in his early 30s, you know, doesn't <sighs> seem like his skill set's really falling off. Um, you know, his base running is, you know, he's, I think, the second highest rated base runner in baseball just by BSR. On yeah, he is single-handedly propping up the Mariners' BSR <laughs> score, which is still bad, but yeah. would look so much worse if not for Dyson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I, because I'm, I'm very much torn. I mean, he's this f- incredibly fun player. He's absolutely valuable. You know, it's it's not just a situation of like, well, I like Tom Wilhelmson a lot and want him around. Yeah. But like, I can tell logically that he's not that good of a pitcher, or at least he's not as you know as good as some of the other options. But you know, like this is not you know this is a guy who makes the team better. Is that something you're interested in, or do you think? the money should be or would be better spent elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because of all the players who I thought were going to be traded at the deadline. I I just, back when I, I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago, I saw mm-hmm. us cratering through that Yankees and Red Sox series and just stumbling and having to uh, be sellers, essentially, and, and mm-hmm. Dyson would be the thing we sold. It, it looked like an inevitability, but yeah. And I wonder if they, I mean, I'm sure they asked around, you know, Jerry's never met a phone that he didn't want to, you know. Pick up and dial. dial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, he doesn't have speed dial into his phone. He has it just tattooed on his, like, inner wrist, you know, (laughs) every number in the league. Or he wears actually, a, I think he pr- wears like a QB wrist, like the with all, with all the players <laughs> on there. He just he flips just, that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I could see that. Call Rays. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I mean, you know, we saw what the market was, right? For for hitters. Outfielders. And, uh, and, and Outfielders specifically <laughs> with V-Mart uh, yeah, going for. JD. No, JD, right, JD. Yeah, it uh, was. Woof. Uh, that was. That was not a haul. Mm. Uh, <laughs> was, not yeah. not a haul. The opposite of a haul. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, probably not. We we weren't going to get anything that significantly made the club better. So I had no idea, honestly. I looked around at some teams that were just so so bad with their outfield and mm. thought, well, there's there's no way they couldn't use a a Dyson. But right. Mm. Yeah, I I was interested if the Rockies would go for something just because Carlos Gonzalez has been a complete nightmare yeah him uh the Rockies and the Cardinals have had some real problems in their outfield too yeah so I I I mean there were definitely a couple potential suitors that I saw but but instead here we are and and, you know this is this is sort of the team I mean you know we if you look at the lineup you know tonight's lineup it's Gamble, Segura, Cano, Cruz, Seager, Valencia. Um, I think probably they've got Martin, Zunino, uh, you know, and so, or I guess Heredia or Dyson, depending on, I think it's Cahill, so it's probably Dyson. Um, right. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's sort of going to be the team that we've got. You know, the pitching staff is as healthy as it's probably going to be for the rest of the year, you know. Maybe you get Shea Simmons back. Probably not at this point this year. Maybe, maybe Hisashi Iwakuma comes back. He's 
still not throwing off a mound. And mm, even no. if he does, no, no, I don't no, know no. that that's an improvement. Oh, so. we have Dyson Heredia Gamel outfield today. Okay. So no Martin. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's not, the, the, you know, this is going to be the team. I mean, you get Hanniger back at some point in the next couple of weeks probably, and but, you know, is that, I guess, I guess my, my main question and, and what I'm curious to talk with you about is, is that team, because, you know, it's not really now about, is this a playoff team? Like, you know, well, a, a team's a playoff team if they make the playoffs. <laughs> you know, this team probably isn't a playoff team last year because a team, you know, the Mariners were 10 games over 500 last year and were not a playoff team. And this year... Everything is weird and Everything's clumped weird. together. And so are they better than the Royals and are they better than the Rays is where <sighs> we're at. And, I mean, we talked about, you know, a little bit about how we feel about the Royals. You know, their their pitching is okay. You know, they've had... Is Blake mm, Snell still in their For the Rays? Lineup, yeah. I think he's doing still in well the rotation? this year. Yeah, I believe Snell's been one of the best sort of pieces for them. Really? Uh, because he has had his struggles. I had a brief fever dream moment where I, last off season where I dreamed that they might give him to us. Oh, you are you are more far more correct. Um, uh, yeah, no, he's actually not having a good year. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no FIP of well 5.08. I, you know, I feel a little protective of Blake Snell as a you. Well, mm. I don't know if he actually set foot on UW's campus, but he definitely considers himself a, a Husky, so mm-hmm. I feel a little bit of uh, uh, protection towards him, and so I don't like when I see people saying mean things about him online, and there have been <laughs> a lot of them this year, so it's yeah, he's kind of he's kind of busted. I mean, I don't think he's overall busted, but he's having a real rough year. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, you know, part of it was just he was so on point last year, um, you know, or at least on point enough, you know, that it was it was going to be exciting. Yeah, um, like a, a 3.39 FIP with a 9.91 K9. That yeah. looks great. But it's then essentially the if you if you made James Pazos into a if James Pazos could start. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah, the BB9 is 5.16. So, yeah. yeah, the regression, she came and she came yeah. with vengeance in her eyes. Um, so yeah, he is having a rough year. Um, so they've got what Archer, Snell. What else? Is, who else is in their rotation? Um, Cobb is back. I oh believe. yeah, Cobb. Who who was who's been involved in trade talks too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And is fine, fine, ish. Yeah, he's been. I'm. It's essentially, you know, they've had a sort of similar situation to us where they've had breakout young guys or breakout performances from guys they weren't sure about, which has allowed them to stick, you know, sort of prop up their aging meh players. And yeah. Chris Archer has been back to Chris being Archer. one of the better pitchers in yeah. the league as opposed to whatever, you know, not bad pitching that he was doing last year but sort of less Im- less dominant so 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing outside of Archer. There's nothing in that rotation that particularly frightens me. Looks like Cobb's ERA is outperforming his FIP by a good amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullpen, you know, now they have Cishek, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, the bullpen. I mean, yeah, they've been they've been trying to plug holes all yeah. all year because. They've had Farquhar playing a big role. I think they just picked they, up Sergio. They got Romo. rid of Farquhar, didn't they? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they pick. They've been picking up guys. They had, I think, Jumbo Diaz. You know, just oh my gosh, they've yes. they've been working the waiver wire for relievers, and like the Mariners have been working the waiver wire for relievers. But like, it it was more like the Mariners last year is what the Rays have been doing this year in terms of like. You're available. Come on. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> come, on, come on and hang out in front of Edwin Diaz and just try to get the game to him any way you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they've they've just had a lot of guys fall off. And Oda Rizzi's been hurt. And Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they essentially, they're a team that... Uh, is being I, I, propped up by Lomo and Steven yes. Souza, who suddenly yep. forgot that he <laughs> that he is a strikeout king. Yeah, or or learned to be a walk king as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Twelve point nine, thirteen percent, practically. Uh, BB. Yeah. yeah. So, all all of this, I think, I guess, comes together to be the main focus, which is, I, th- in my opinion, the Mariners are a better team than the Rays. Well, they were sure a better team than the Rays when they swept them. That's true. And I think the, the Mariners have gotten better since that series, yes. and the Rays, I don't think, have. So uh, they they've made a, they made a couple moves at the deadline, right? Or or near the deadline, right? They added uh, Adani Hechevaria, the shortstop from the Marlins, uh, a while before. Um, you know, they. I want to say they. Uh, Are you saying Brad Miller shortstop didn't work out for them? It did not and has not been working out. Mm. I think he's been playing second base the majority of this year. And unfortunately, somehow, I believe he's either leading the league or is near the top in the league in walk rate while still (laughs) having a... Yeah, he has a 17... (gasps) What? 18! It's practically 18%. Brad Miller's numbers this year... It, it and yet he's barely above the Mendoza line in his average. What? What yeah, is this? It's it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Because like last year, Brad Miller had yeah, 30, thirty home runs, runs. and it was <laughs> it was well, and it was this remarkable thing of like similar to Trumbo, where it was like he they hit tons of homers and somehow did so little everything with everything else. Yeah, that their value was a little bit. Like over, perhaps overinflated by that big number, which is remarkable and like it's really impressive that Brad Miller hit 30 homers. And so this year, you know, the expectation was, all right, well, he'll be an above-average hitter and play all right defense. And this year, he's completely stopped hitting for power, walks more than anyone else in the league, and everything else is about the same. So it's it is just mine. It's one of the weirdest things I have ever seen. Um, anyways, the, the the 2014 Mariners, essentially, is what the Rays are. And yeah, actually, that's uh, startlingly accurate. Yeah, and they have pretty 
good outfielders. Um, Do you, you know, think Sousa, Logan Dickerson. Morrison just carries the spirit of the 2014 Mariners? Maybe the 2014 Mariners were all just like a product of a fever dream of Logan Morrison's, and he just carries that ability I mean, wherever he goes. Here's here's all I'm going to say. As I look at the bat as they line up, <laughs> I see Logan Morrison. I see Malik Smith, technically still oh. a Mariner. Jesus <laughs> Sucre. Ricky Weeks Jr., uh, Brad Miller, um, and I always think of Blake Snell as a Mariner, but he's not. He's yeah. just <laughs> from here, and we played against him. And then in the bullpen, you've got Danny Farquhar. You had Erasmo. Um, got Andrew Kittredge. Oh, um, Kittredge, yeah. And in the bullpen, again, you also technically have Jesus Sucre. So <laughs> it is Bizarro funny, world Mariners. I guess... I would say the Mariners are slightly better than the Rays. I think, you know, when you I, I looked earlier this week at playoff odds, and I think the, the Mariners and Rays were essentially projected to be about the same down the stretch in terms of win-loss record, which is to say they're both projected to be a win better or at fi- around 500 for the rest of the year, um, which I think is reasonable enough. I would give the Mariners a slight edge. Um in terms of the position players that they have. Um, but it it's really a push, which means that the fact that the Rays are in the AL East and have to play the Red Sox and Yankees <laughs> yeah. um, is hopefully going <laughs> to act in their favor, uh, or in the Mariners' favor, I suppose. Um, because in the, in the month of September... The Rays have a three-game series against the White Sox and then play Minnesota, Boston, the Yankees, Boston, Chicago, the Cubs. Um, (laughs) And then Not even the good Chicago. (laughs) No, no, the one that will likely pound their faces in now that they've remembered how to be good at baseball. Um, And then play seven games at Baltimore and the Yankees. Um, And yes, the Mariners have a rather brutal stretch uh, upcoming as well um, but the or, or really in the midst of uh, a, a brutal stretch but the mayor or the Rays currently have I believe two they play three teams that have below 500 records for the rest of the year um, and play one two three four, five, six, seven teams with above 500 records. So That is brutal. If you're, if you're looking for something promising there, you know, the, the, the Rays have a rough stretch upcoming as well. So um, that doesn't mean, you know, it's going to fully work out. But um, And thankfully the Mariners do have three games against them to ideally – you know, push themselves up later in August, but yeah, uh, those are I, I would consider the Rays series a series that they should win. If they don't win, they do not have any business being in any kind of postseason. Yeah, because they've um, already showed that they are theoretically a better team than the Rays by sweeping them. So right, right. and that is you know on the road, which is tougher, but on the road is hard. Still it's in, true, and and in the opposite corner of the country. Right, um, and I was but, hard on them about not winning the Texas 
series or the Texas game not sweeping uh, decisively enough. Yes, mm-hmm. not sweeping, uh, not taking advantage of some opportunities that I thought were were there. So I would very much love for them to <laughs> just make me look so dumb. Please make me look so dumb, Mariners. Please, uh, I would love because I don't have a super great feeling about the Royals series, even though I don't believe in them totally. Uh, they are just sort of playing out of their minds, and I think that that's always hard to, mm-hmm. uh, especially to go into somebody else's house. And yeah. uh, considering how rough, the, and we've played them much more recently than we played the Rays, and uh, uh, looked really bad, re- really bad at it, like yeah. just really bad. Um, yeah. And you know, you can put some of that on one of those was a more start. Um, but he really didn't give up that many runs to them. I think it was like three, four. Mm-hmm. He didn't fall apart or anything. They just, they gave, they did nothing. Uh-huh. They did nothing to, yeah. as far as like run support goes. It was a uh, three, one, three, one. Yeah. I mean, that's, I need to be able to score. You need to be able yeah. to score. Especially on the against team. meh Ian Kennedy, um, who they will face <laughs> um, again. Yeah. So you get another shot. Prove me yeah. wrong, Mariners. And and that's, you know, another similar case, right? There's there's four games. You know, it's tough to look at any of these pitching matchups other than Paxton and really be yeah. excited. Enthused so about any of them, have for to sure. Be you know, I mean, the, the Rays have, or not the Rays, the Royals have um, assembled just a fleet of, I think, probably Jerry's dream staff. <laughs> where it's five dudes who, you know, all are, like, three starters, but, like, give up a bunch of fly balls and, like, don't do too much, you know, don't walk too many people. Um, you know, Trevor Cahill being the exception who they just acquired and who gives up exclusively grounders. But, um, you know, after after that, you have essentially... You know, Hamill, Duffy, and Kennedy, and then they miss Jason Vargas, who I am looking forward to the Mariners signing this offseason. But, you know, it's tough to look at Gallardo versus Cahill, Paxton versus Hamill, uh, Danny Duffy, who's been solid, versus Felix, and Ian Kennedy versus Erasmo, who... It probably can still go only 85 pitches or something yeah. if you even want him to go 85 <laughs> pitches. Uh, and, you know, it's tough to look at that and say, yes, this is an ideal setup. <laughs> uh, you know, and then they did just get swept by the Orioles and only score three runs yeah, in the weird. entire series. That was weird. So, you know, who, who knows? I mean, it's tough to put anything on something, you know, recent like that, but... I guess who who do you who are you thinking has to who are you looking for that will sort of be the barometer in this series of you know what what happens you know what what player do you think has to make the biggest contribution? Mm. Um, hmm. I mean, it feels like a cop out to say big three needs to keep being the big three because I feel like that's just a a given every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that's that's what we saw when they had success right in the first in the first sort of stretch after the all-star break and i mean even still now we're we're after the all-star break a little ways and they've been they've been decently successful but um you know cano coming back and 
um, having at least a good series, you know, and still hitting so many grounders, yeah. is, which is driving me nuts. But, you know, still hitting the ball hard, still getting on base a fair amount and not seeing this steep decline. Seeger having at last a pretty good stretch um, and, and putting, you know, stuff together. And, and, um, and Cruz, who is not, you know, it's not a situation where you can just look at Cruz and think, oh, well, he'll get hot because, you know, that's not how players work. But <laughs> he's, you know, that's just not how baseball works. But, you know, Cruz but has I do think there was, a, there was a time where Cruz, it felt, was pressing a little to me. Did you feel mm. that? Where he was wanting to get the big hit and just chasing mm. stuff, like chasing mm. stuff in the dirt and yeah. swinging so hard and just not getting anything out of it. He had a he had a incredibly rough stretch where it just was like you know when he missed he missed big and, yeah. and that happens a lot for him but it was it seemed especially exacerbated and mm-hmm. um, and I think the other part with him is he just can't run he's <laughs> like, like he's got one leg like maybe one and a half arms and he just like. He's walking so much this year. Like he's, yeah. he's, at a, he's got a the highest walk rate I think he's had since. I mean, in any full season, I think <laughs> highest since he like first got called up or something, or his second year I guess in the league, um, which was only you know half a season, or not even that. Um, but eleven point two percent, which yeah, is like a his two like two, up two percent from last year. Like that's yeah, fantastic. And, you know, he's still hitting, you know, he's on pace for around 30 homers, which is good, but not quite, you know, it's not the 40 homer man that he was last year, which again, like, you know, you're not expect, you don't necessarily need that from him. And you, you kind of expect that from a guy who just turned 37, but the team needs yeah, I don't, I don't want to say like the stars need to be the stars. Like, you know, this, that's a corny trope, but the players that are, you know, Gamel is playing, I think, maxed out. Gamel is playing the best that Gamel can play. Oh, you yeah. Know, Heredia and Dyson are playing really well. You know, they're playing probably about as well th- as they can play. And if this is the best that Seeger and Cano and Cruz can play, then the Mariners are not probably going to be a playoff team this year, even or in the weird ever. definition. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or, yeah, or in the next, you know, while. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Cano, you can say, well, he's aging, but, like, his batting ro- ball profile suggests, well, he's doing most of the things fine. He's just hitting a bunch of grounders. Cruz, you can say, well, he's probably not going to get much better, but, like, this can be enough. Seeger has to continue to be good and has yeah. to continue to be the better version of himself. Yeah, continue been. digging himself out of that early season hole. Right. Because, like, right now he's on pace to have the worst season of his career. Yeah. Which is still good. Like, that's still, you know, Kyle Seeger's still a good player, but you need Kyle Seeger to be Kyle Seeger top 25 player in baseball, or at least, you know, top 20 player in the American League. And he's not been that. Uh, which is is a challenge when when the the be- when your best players aren't playing your best then then 
it puts a lot on the sort of role players, the, right. you know, the other guys. And there's not a lot more that the Mariners have, I think, to get out of those positions. Although, I think we can roll Segura in with that big three now to some... I mean, mm-hmm. in my mind, whenever I think of the That's big rough. three, I've also... I've sort of, in my in my brain, made it the big four now. Mm-hmm. Because even though he doesn't maybe have the power tool that the other guys have, mm-hmm. um, just his ability to get on base, to gap a double here and there, to mm-hmm. um, start those things happening is... Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say that he is also... and maybe even more so that the onus doesn't just fall on those guys having to get the big hits, Mm -hmm. get them on base, get them over like small Mm -hmm. ball your way into some, some stuff here Mm -hmm. and don't, yeah. Decrease the pressure on the bottom part of the lineup to (laughs) have to be producing because my God, poor Ben Gamble. I'm just, I'm afraid he's going to break. He's trying so hard all the time. (laughs) Just the effort. Yeah. And, and, sort of, you know, the, we, we talked about, you know, the, the Rays are propped up by this group of, you know, a few guys who are really achieving at their peak, you know, Morrison, or Lomo, and Souza. Um, Dickerson. You know, Corey Dickerson, yeah, who's, who's, you know, having had a little bit more of a track record of being this guy. But, um, you know, the Mariners have, partially because of, you know, guys being injured, you know, the Mariners have a bunch of guys who have been good and no one who's been great yeah which is sort of the opposite of what last year's team was where it was these three got you know Cruz, Ga- or Cruz, uh seager and and cano dragging <laughs> dragging <laughs> adam know. lind yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I think about I think about the like the, uh, there was a the game i think in late in september against boston where cano hit a homer off fernando abad that was just this like you dummies like come on <laughs> we're not done like i'm not i'm not done with you and then like the twin series where Cruz oh. hit like 17 homers and just you know and like his hand he couldn't feel his hand yeah. and was just one-handed willing. he essentially hit 17 home runs in one <laughs> one armed <laughs> yeah it was just like they're you know by sheer force of will it's like that's not the team now like this team can do something from every position but they haven't been they haven't all contributed at once and maybe they won't because cluster luck sucks sometimes but this you know i i think there is more potential in the mariners than there is potential in either the royals or the rays um because those guys that we have expected to be the stars are not yet at their peaks and, yeah. and that's that's sort of what gives me hope. And, and that as that combined with the bullpen being I was just going to say I want I want to pull the bullpen into this a little mm-hmm. bit because the bullpen kept us alive in those Texas mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. um after having received much much shit over the course of this deservedly over the course of this year. Again, it sort of feels like things have solidified, and I want to mm-hmm. just give a huge uh, amount of credit for that to Emilio Pagan, who I think has just been nails. Um, it's remarkable. And Zach Milkis uh, wrote a great piece on Pagan and sort of his progression from, well... Unheralded be, prospect, I yeah. would say is fair. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's rarely much heralding for middle relief guys. 
but Pagan's essential, you know, Pagan has been one of the best relievers in the minors, you know, every step of the way, his strikeout rates have been nuts, and he, you know, yeah. really turned it up, I think it was last year, right, he, he really cranked it up. Uh, One thing, so I think DePoto is obsessed with this idea of getting a Davinsky, right? Like, we've uh-huh. heard about this over and over and over again. I think mm-hmm. he acquired Posey partially mm-hmm. with the idea that, like, hey, it looks sort of like Davinsky, <laughs> could be him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just trying to turn these guys into long relievers and just going through every avenue he can. And mm-hmm. then quietly, here's Emilio Pagan just hanging out. <laughs> being the mm-hmm. closer in Tacoma and mm-hmm. all of a sudden is like, yeah, I can give you two innings. You want three? In- okay. I can give you three innings. <laughs> uh, uh, and he's just, it's not a role he has ever had during his mm-hmm. minors career. He has always been mm-hmm. sort of a late innings, either setup guy or closer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just adapted to it amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, with, yeah. I mean, his stuff is great. Like the stuff is, you know, he can touch 95, whatever, but he'll, mm-hmm. he'll throw it in there at 93. Like, it's not mm-hmm. exactly world-burning stuff. It's just right. really well-located. Yeah, and guys don't hit it. Like, guy, I, yeah, I, somehow I, I, it must have crazy spin. I don't know, but yeah. somehow they just do not pick that up. Right. And, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Um, you know, one of the things that I didn't realize that when I read that in Zach's piece was Pagan has learned and worked and improved his slider after learning f- it from Edwin Diaz, <laughs> which, you know, the Ed, the Joaquin Benoit coaching <laughs> right. slider tree expands <laughs> its, its leafy branches once again. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it's fun to see. One thing that is really interesting to me is, like, I had heard a lot about Pagan through the system. I was kind of following him. He got to AAA, and he just, he, he kind of fell off. Like, I don't know if it was that he wasn't he had trouble adjusting to the level or like maybe it was mental i don't know but all of a sudden he he his walk rate jumped all the way up last year to i think 4.72 bb9 still striking uh-huh. a lot of guys out um but just struck and then went to the arizona fall league and wasn't for me particularly impressive there and i was like man i don't know about this kid why does everyone keep telling me he's so good and then goes to the WBC and I don't know what has I he's always been good throughout the system I don't know if it was just like a reset on his one wobble last year um but that experience and he just talked about the influence talking to Yadier Molina had on him and just being and that he was like oh okay I belong like I belong with these guys I belong here and you saw him come up and struggle and he went back to Tacoma and I think it was a similar thing where he was like, oh, I belong. I belong at the major league level. And he just pitched like his hair was on fire in Tacoma. He, was ter- he struck out Ahmed Rosario on three pitches that were so mm. nasty. Um, mm. And then, yeah, he's come up and just, I I do think that there's a mental aspect to it where he's like, yeah, this is, this is what I am now. I'm a major league or it was in him all along and maybe he just had the extra little confidence boost. Um, Cause he says mm-hmm. he's believed in himself all along, but th- some kind some f- switch has been flipped with him. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, you know, he was like, okay, I can be a, I can be a late ending setup guy. Oh, you want me to be a, you want me to be Davinsky? Fine. I can do that. And 
he's it just been he's nice. been really fun. Yeah, it has been nice to to sort of because I mean I think one of the things was you know for the majority of this year, especially with you know Cshek was out and Zick was out, mm-hmm. and you know we had the constant rotation. Evan Marshall. Yeah, poor Evan Marshall. <laughs> poor Evan Marshall. Who's, who's back? Yeah, there. yeah, in Tacoma. I'm excited yeah. to go see him. Very cool. Um, you know, we had that, and and then the rotating door of guys who probably shouldn't, probably aren't ready to pitch in the majors as yeah. starters. But well, here you go. You know, so you had to burn Marsh. You know, or you had to burn Marshall, and then bring up Pagan, and Pagan pitches three innings and then you bring up Casey Lawrence yeah so long you know, you know it's just this constant you know revolving door and now it's like oh like I, I'm I'm not sure how much I think that you know bullpen rolls are worth the trouble that they can be because if you're locked into this mentality then I think you can really limit yourself um, but the general sense of these are the guys who are going to pitch. Yes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> is pretty good. In like some the, combination. You know, the idea of like, okay, well, we have Tony Zick and we have Emilio Pagan and we have David Phelps and we have, you know, Nick Vincent and we have James Pazos and we have those guys every night. And we have you know, s- and Scrabble and when we need, or Zipchinski, he doesn't exactly. like Scrabble, Zipchinski, Zep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have Diaz. Yeah, and it's like, oh, like even even if you know you're not optimally using those guys, having the same guys who are all at least decent, you know, out there every night is something that is incredibly relieving. Yeah, just to watch and and I think makes you know it's not just like, well, you have better players, the team's going to do better. Like obviously, but um, it's just having having that sort of consistent group of guys who are decent at least yeah <laughs> makes, I, just the stability thing. like nobody's mm-hmm. in there nobody's in there worrying about getting option down to triple a i think mm-hmm. that was maybe pagan's last worry but yeah. okay you, like you're here you earned yeah. your spot you pitch you yeah. pitch into your spot you're not going to get traded the trade deadline is passed like Okay, now all you have to do is focus on your pitching. Like, focus on your pitching. Mm-hmm. Don't think about the fact that there's a pen full of guys in Tacoma behind you. Because uh-huh. uh, those are some guys who have had some uh, uh, <laughs> mm, some <laughs> struggles. Some struggles. Altavilla's had Kate, some I, struggles. Yeah. I have a question for you, Kate. Yeah. Is, uh, is Tyler Cloyd still on the Rainiers? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think Tyler Cloyd is... Currently assigned to Tacoma, I think so, and he's had like a little bit of a rough go lately. Mm-hmm. Let me look him up real quick. Um, because I just remember that Tyler Cloyd has a win. He has one appearance, and he he has a win, and I'm really looking forward to that Sporkle, <laughs> where people have to name yes all of the players all the pitchers who got wins he, and he had one inning pitched uh mm-hmm. where he allowed two hits mm-hmm. and struck out one mm-hmm. and uh and yeah got the win for that inning mm-hmm. good good for good you job, tyler. tyler good for you tyler cloyd it's all tyler's <laughs> it's all tyler's is he, is he the last tyler standing in triple a 
Uh, yeah, actually, because Smith is gone and mm -hmm. O'Neill's gone, so. Wow. Yeah, actually, I have the roster right here. Yeah, uh, we have a Taylor with Mono, yeah. but. <laughs> Other and than he that, does prefer it pronounced Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, and then there's uh, Thiago, which I don't know if that translates to Tyler in Brazilian <laughs> or, or in Portuguese or not. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's down there with them right now. The deal with him is he's just coming off of Tommy John, so he's on a yeah. pretty strict pitch limit. Yeah, he just yeah. pitched July 29th, so he's he's with them. He did not have a great go of it. Uh, <laughs> he gave up three runs over three innings. Um, yeah, sometimes he looks really good and untouchable, yeah. and other times he looks not yeah. great. But, you know, yeah. for guys was in indie ball literally like mm -hmm. three months ago. Not, yeah. not bad. Indie ball Could, and rehabbing. <laughs> indie ball, rehabbing, and he has a major league win. Right. What, a, what a year for Tyler <laughs> Cloyd it's been. Indeed. So, I guess... Just to, to wrap things up on this, we would you do you think it's fair to say you think the Mariners are a better team than the Royals and the Rays? I think it's fair to say. I'm I don't want to put you in the corner. I think uh, the Mariners are a better team than the Royals and the Rays. What do you think? I, I think it's fair to say that on paper they are better teams. Like I, I think the bullpen has the edge. Um, with the Rays, I think the pitching staff probably has the edge just because Paxton is better – is playing better right now, I think, than Archer. Man, that's a hell of a commentary on the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I guess if, if you're counting the pen and the starters as a whole, then, yeah, I'll, I think that's accurate. I mean, they've had Boxberger be terrible. Yeah. And just a bunch of guys falling apart. Um, yeah, I, I would give them the edge on paper. I just don't know what it's going to look like when we go there. The Royals make me more nervous, um, and I, I don't—I don't know, honestly. I—I yeah. I think on paper they look better, but I am yeah. scarred by the memory of those games, and they were yeah. awful. And yeah. you know, they got the doors blown off of them by the Royals, and the Royals weren't playing particularly well. Maybe that's the thing. They did only put up three against more. They did. They didn't totally boat race us, so right. they like it was just not. I mean, it was not capitalizing. Yeah, that was that so. that swoon that they had right before right. the break, and I do kind of wonder. Yeah, like how much how much of that was being tired, or I don't. They just yeah. did not play very well going into the break. Yeah. They are playing better now. Yeah, we will see very soon. In five That's minutes, a... actually, we will start <laughs> finding out. Uh huh. Um, okay, so before we before we go to the break, I have a quick little, fairly unrelated game for you here, um, because today um, the uh, or a few teams placed some major players on uh, revocable waivers, um, which essentially means if they get claimed and the team doesn't want to give them away, they can just pull them back, um, or they can orchestrate a trade. Uh, between that player um, or that team, and if the player passes all the way through waivers without being claimed, then the team can orchestrate a trade with anyone uh, of that player. So um, the two players that were placed on, and this is a fairly common thing, this is not necessarily a commentary on the players themselves, but um, the two players that had this happen were uh, 
Justin Verlander, uh, who mm -hmm. the Tigers have been shopping and probably aren't going to move at this point since waiver trades are more complicated than your, your standard fare. But, um, and the other is Jose Bautista, um, who is, has been rough this year. <laughs> um, and so that got me to thinking about, well, Batista was a player that I think fairly understandably was, you know, when, uh, someone that I think a lot of Mariners fans wanted uh, them to target this offseason. Um, you know, this very proven bat, um, you know, who could come in and be an extremely strong player. Um, the trade-off was he would have cost a draft pick right. uh, in, in this year's draft. Um, and he also, uh, you know, is older. I think he's 36. Uh, he's approaching 37 um, and is appalling defensively, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to say the least. And has, uh, you know, and last year saw a huge fall-off in his production. Um so, you know, was a all-star for the last several years. Um, but last year was really rough. So I was curious uh, how some of the other players that folks might have been interested in signing have done. Um, and if you'll indulge me, Kate, uh, we'll just do a little quick uh, over-under on uh, how some of the free agents have compared to uh, the Mariners' counterparts at their position. How's that sound? Okay, I, I, want, I want you to, without looking, uh, <sighs> I've given you perhaps a little bit of a hint here on Bautista, um, how the players have compared to uh, the Mariners' uh, productivity. So, and, and we'll just go by the person who's played the position the most from there. So, you ready? I'm ready. Let's play. I also do want to point out, though, that it's not just the biggest names like Verlander and um, Bautista make their way to us. But mm -hmm. tons and tons of players are placed on yes. revocable waivers if yes. people don't understand exactly how they work. Beyond the Box Score has a really great uh, write-up of it <laughs> that uses a very accessible fries mm. analogy, French fries analogy. <laughs> um, so if you're confused about revocable waivers, you want to hear about that uh, or know how they work more, mm. Google revocable, revocable waivers Beyond the Box Score and it will set you right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's just start here with an easy one. Uh, let's go with um, Ian Desmond, uh, first baseman. How how do you think Ian Desmond, first baseman, has compared to Danny Valencia? So much worse. He's been awful, right? You think Ian Desmond has been worse? Than yes, I think I think Ian Desmond has been worse than Danny Valencia. All right. Let's see. Let's see here. Uh, after breaking his hand and missing uh, a little bit of time, Ian Desmond has, who signed a uh, bajillion five dollar five-year, seventy-hundred-year contract. contract. Yes, <laughs> we don't need the we uh, we know the numbers. Yes, he's played sixty-five games, two hundred sixty-four at bats, got a seventy WRC plus and negative point uh, four WAR, so worse than Danny Valencia, yes. who has not been good, particularly it's by okay. well. By, if we're going by F4, I mean, if we're going by BUR, he's been about a a below average starter. If we're going by F4, he's been a very poor player. I would say it's somewhere in the middle um, because 
while Valencia's defense has been much better than expected, uh, you know his his hitting against righties, as we I think expected, has been you know below average, which is tough to do when you play every day. So, um, all right, so one for one for one for you, Kate. Uh, as you furiously look up Danny Valencia's information. <laughs> also, uh, I think there's something to be said for Danny Valencia being durable and like rolling out. He was just supposed to platoon, but he's instead rolled out there at first base and mm-hmm. played one of the best first bases, if not the best first base in the American League. By, by, by defensive a number of runs metrics. Saved at least. Yes. yes. As I informed uh, the gentleman behind me who was, for some <laughs> reason, just just hot wearing out Danny Valencia, only Danny Valencia, and wearing a Mariner's <laughs> hat. So I'm curious. so confused by that. Do you think when, when they have September call-ups and presumably Vogelbach comes up, do you think they do some degree of platooning lefty-righty with him? Uh, Vogelbach, if he continues to hit the way he did in July, I posted his July numbers mm. a while ago. Let's see if I can find those. Um, and I think he was because he was hitting well, but and also you know had been in some of the more hitter friendly parks in the PCL. Right? He definitely was, and he was also able to beat up on some teams that he traditionally has beat up on, um, like uh-huh. the Oklahoma City Dodgers, who he just <laughs> owns for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, it, it's partially that, but it's also literally after the home run derby, he's been like, oh, wait. I can hit for power. <laughs> is this does this fall into the Justin Smoke category of I learned that I could just stop swinging at bad pitches and only swing at good pitches and now I'm a good player <laughs> category because that was one of the most mind-boggling revelations I've ever seen. Uh no one has ever claimed that Justin Smoke is a smart man, okay? Yeah. That's I mean the the Smoke and Tyler O'Neill combo of lessons of Oh, I don't have to just. I can also hit for average. I don't just have to hit for power. Lend some, shade some very poor light on the Jack Zarenjic regime's uh, development oh, yeah. habits. Oh, for sure. I I mean, yeah. Tyler O'Neill discovering what a walk was after he was three years into the system is yeah a good god. Um, so Vogelback July, 327, 408, 540 slash line, five home runs, nine doubles, which was as many as he hit in the previous season, in the in the entire uh, first half. Ooh. Yeah. He was just, you know, he, he's got incredible plate discipline. He wants to get on base however he can, so he just takes his walk. He doesn't, he does not swing at bad balls, which is good because he's not a great bad ball hitter. He's got that weird swing to begin with. Um, so this is, this is, uh, you know, he's just got to continue, continue strong. And they've showed a real desire to reward players who are doing well in triple a that's why leonis got called up over boog mm-hmm. who's since going back to triple a had a little bit of a dip in his production um uh. that's why boog got called up the first time over leonis boog was out hitting leonis um that's why tyler smith got the call uh you know it's they'll re- they'll reward the players who are playing well and those players know it you you and i were at the game Gonzalez's first start and Jerry DePoto was there. We were sitting behind him 
And my right. gosh, weren't they all just such prompt, good little baseball boys? <laughs> the inning Sprinting was ordered, just positions. yeah, vroom, right out, <laughs> right out to my position. No lollygagging. Let me run out this grounder to first base as hard as I can. Yeah, they they absolutely knew that he was there and were uh, were were trying to impress Dad. So yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's let's pick another name out of this hat here. Okay. Um, uh, well, let's go to with Bautista, Jose Bautista, uh, for for DH or right field. We could we'll we'll say right field because he's played a fair amount of DH since the ro- the uh, the Blue Jays also have Kendrys Morales, uh, who I guess we could do a joint package. Actually, let let's go with that. Jose uh, Bautista plus Kendrys Morales versus Mitch Haniger, uh, straight up. We'll we'll just say straight up. Oh, well, because of all the injuries, I guess I have to. I mean, unless his April is enough to lift him over, but no, I think, I think maybe, maybe it's uh, Kendrys and Bautista. Okay, so Mitch Haniger thus far, 117 WRC plus. His his BABIP is back down to a more normal 318. He's been worth 1.2 WAR, um, you know, a, a pretty respectable season. Sort of that's a about a three WAR pace. Um, let's you know what to make this easier. Uh, instead of going to their individual pages, I'll just go to batting leaders and then search by WAR uh, inverted. Um, and there we have Kendrys with the eighth lowest, uh, performance of the year. Oh. Uh, negative 0.5. Wow. Uh, and Jose Bautista at negative 0.3. So, um. So Mitch, Mitch Haniger out. Win by two wins is a. Wow. Better by a full, full starter has been better. Wow. Uh, than Kendrys who signed for three years, 33 million, um. And Jose Bautista for one year and eighteen point five million with a with a mutual option. I should know this is not to by any means shame anyone who thought. No, no, it's very them. it's I, very it surprising. I would say that there should be a way to. I mean, Kaniger has just missed so much time. So yes, you know, but I, you, I you feel know. like that's something that you have to take into consideration sure. a little. If you if you put in though like just replacement level play, I mean, you know, you you probably are. You're still in positive because Hanniger's been positive, right? Uh, and and better than so, but yeah, I mean, th- nobody thought I think Bautista would be this bad. You know, Morales was a better player last year than this. Desmond was at least a good player, you know, last year. So, um, you know, this this is by no means to say like, haha, we were smart <laughs> or anything. It is it is more <laughs> just to say, haha, this is great. Um, <laughs> That the Mariners did not pay this amount of money for these guys who have been crap. Um, and some of these, you know, have, have worked out well, obviously. Um, let's see. There's just a few more here. Um, Dexter Fowler, who was certainly, I think, on the high end of the wish list. Um, he signed a five-year, $82 million contract. Um, to go f- play for the fine fans of St. Louis. Indeed. The... The BFIB uh, versus, I guess, we'll we'll say. Would you say adding Gerard and Leonis is fair? 
I think I think that'll be that's a fair uh, way of doing it. Adding, adding Gerard and Leonis. Combining Gerard Dyson and uh, Leonis. Yes. Uh, I feel like that one might come out as a push. Maybe Dex. Maybe Fowler's a little ahead, but he has been hurt this year too, right? And he's yes, missed a bunch he, of time. He's missed some time, and he's not been great in the outfield. He's and I don't think he's been especially great with the bat. So Dyson's played eighty-one games, so he's yeah. I feel like Dyson outweighs. I th- I, f- I would have said Dyson higher than Fowler, but I feel like uh-huh. Leonis pulls things down. So. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I might give a slight edge to Fowler there. Uh, it will still be Dyson and Leonis combining to be better. Uh, <sighs> Martins had a real rough stretch. He's worked his WRC plus back into being positive. Okay. Um, it's it's sixteen. Sixteen. Now. Um, his his Sweet line 16. of you know, he's, he's still got a one fifty five two hundred two thirty nine triple slash, which is not good. It's still um, twenty or thirty points higher than when he came back up. So significantly, yeah, yeah. No, it it's been nice. And Dyson gets just such a big boost from his speed and yeah. from his defense. So he's been a two, you know, just over two wins. Um, and Fowler has been a 1.1 win player. So not not hitting quite as well. The defense has been down. Um, Dyson obviously on a five or one year one year like 2.8 million, you know, uh, we caught it, you know, got him in a trade. And you know, whether we extend him or not, probably not just because the money could go to pitching. Yeah. Um, and when you, the team has 15 reasonable outfielders, um that just probably isn't where the money should be spent. But, man, what a fun player and, and a great, you know, great guy to have on the team. Um, all right, all right. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do two more of these real quick. Okay. Um, we'll go with Mark Trumbo. Mm. Um, and you can take your pick because I believe he's played a mixture of first base and – uh, and outfield. So, would you rather have him stacked up against outfielder or Danny Valencia again? Let's do outfielder. Okay. Who's someone else we can pick? How about Heredia? Uh, okay, we'll go with Heredia. That seems fair. Um, Trumbo's had. Uh, <laughs> let me. I'm mentally. I put uh, Trumbo and Heredia on scales, and it's just <laughs> a funny, funny visual image to me. Sorry. He's just so big. He's such a large man. Yeah. Um, Trumbo's played essentially uh, every day. He's had 103 games, 443 plate appearances, so he's not been hurt really. Although he's hurt now with a strained rib cage. Cage? Didn't know you could strain strain a a bone. bone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. weird. Um, I am (laughs) going to say, because Trumbo hasn't been that good, and Caridia has really surprisingly hung out around a 270 batting average mm-hmm. uh, and has showed a little bit of power and gets that huge boost from the speed defense. I'm going to mm-hmm. say Heredia. You are correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, honestly, I this may seem like it's just blowing uh, smoke up the Mariners, but I am looking at the top, <laughs> tra- the top signings and outside of Joanna Cespedes, which we will do in a sec, uh, these are the uh, some of the top signings 
uh, well, these are four of the f- six, I guess, top. So you're not cherry picking guys who have specifically been bad, is what you're saying. You're you're going no. with the guys who got paid the most money. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. So uh, Heredia has been a 1.3 win player, which is particularly impressive considering his sort of backup role for a lot of the time. You know, he's played in 80 games, which is pretty good, but he's yeah. had only uh, 278 player appearances. So, you know, he's not, you know, he's had a lot of games as a defensive replacement or, you know, pinch running or something of that nature. Um, Trumbo has struggled. He has been a negative 0.5 win player um, right there with Kendrys Morales uh, and right there with Mike Napoli, actually, who also has been uh, just really rough. yeah, they are they are struggling. Uh, Trumbo has had some power still, but he's got an 85 WRC plus. You know, he isn't a defensive strength, and his his numbers just across the board: 238, 300, 405. So it is another you know situation where I guess if I, I'm trying to paint this picture as some bullets were dodged uh and <laughs> the uh you know he would have also cost a draft pick um and yeah. three years 37.5 million very understandably looked like a good deal at the time um and this is more results-based and this is this is not analysis again like this would be very results-based analysis and no one at the time would have said oh yeah trumbo's gonna fall apart but simply that he has not uh performed and the Mariners, at least this year, have been fortunate in that regard. And they got um, Evan White and Sam Carlson. Yes. Um, Both of whom are, I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, so the final guy uh, in the outfield, uh, or or uh, outfield plus, I guess, that um, was worth a, or was would have been costing a draft pick, uh, is Joanna Cespedes. Um, and Cespedes, I think, has also had some injury uh, issues, but he's back out now. Um, he's played in 60 games, uh, 240 plate appearances, so a l- just a little bit shy of the number of plate appearances that Heredia has had, for some context. Heredia's had 280, I want to say, um, or 278. Uh, if you want, actually, a direct, a pretty much direct comparison, uh, Haniger, Mitch Haniger and... Johannes Cespedes have played uh, almost the exact same amount. Um, 60 games, huh. 240 plate appearances for uh, Cespedes, 58 plate appearances, or 58 games for 247 for Hanniger. Um, who do you think comes out on top between Cespedes and uh, and Hanniger? Or Cespedes and Gamble, or Cespedes and Let's Heredia. do Cespedes-Gamble, because we haven't yeah. done... Okay. Okay. Um... Who I just watched ground out. Hi. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri is 78 degrees. Seattle is 90. Portland is 102. Medford is 108. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Walla awesome, Walla awesome, is awesome. 97. Oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. That, that's a cool little graphic, Royals broadcast. <laughs> Thanks. Um, or actually, I guess I'm watching the Seattle broadcast. Uh, okay, so Gamble versus Cespedes. I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to Gamble, obviously. Gamble's been great. He has indeed. But even not just in terms of, like, 
because he's played 20 more games, but mm-hmm. even on pace, Cespedes has been um, a you know a .7 win player. He's struggled, and part of that has been health, but he's also walking less. He's uh, he's not striking out as much, but his power hasn't been there either. He's been a good player, but he's just he's not had the same level of production. So yeah, I think it's likely that we will see this team go in free agency this offseason and look for players who uh you know they'll they'll have to make some big or some big uh acquisitions in free agency this offseason um and sometimes that goes well and sometimes it does not um but you know i think focusing on the pitching staff is likely going to be where they have to go um thankfully they did not go after uh position players because those so far have looked real rough this off or this year yeah it's, it sort of makes you feel good too about the youth core like if anyone hasn't read it mm-hmm. luke arkins on a prospect insider has a good piece kind of responding to rosenthal's uh the mariners destined to crash doomed to crash unsafe at any mm-hmm. speed whatever it was um the <laughs> he has a pretty good response written to that where it's just looking at the core that they have, the youth core and how good those players have been. So how long we'll have them at least. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, you, you have completed, you have completed the game. I, I wish that I could have made it slightly less um, one-sided, but that is really <laughs> just how it's been. Oh, um, those are just the facts. Just it is, just it the is facts. not a terrible situation. So, um, yeah, every every qualifying offer cost costing player draft pick costing player um, has been uh, either a, an active detriment to their team or less productive than what the Mariners what they have already brought have. out of them. Pretty good. That is a a, a pretty neat thing. Pretty good. Mm All right. Um, Unfortunately, uh, I have to run um, due to some unforeseen complications. I need to uh, head out and go pick up some family. So uh, we uh, will not be getting to the Twitter questions. Uh, We had some delightful Twitter questions. uh, Some very good stories were told about the heat. (laughs) <laughs> exceptional really so those those unfortunately will have to be saved for next time um, i too must go we, tend to my very sick kitty cat so yes henry has been a trooper today in the yeah. and yeah. hopefully he is perking up uh, yeah um, so, so unfortunately gonna have to cut things short this week yes. but we hope that you will send us your questions again next week when we uh yeah, when we meet up and talk about whatever happens this week, and the Mariners are in a wild card position, hopefully. Hmm, I like your I like your uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> I just watched them go one, two, three against Trevor Cahill, so I wish I, I shared it. <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, it's Melky Cabrera coming up. I'm totally not sick of his face. Yeah, definitely uh-huh. haven't have have not seen enough of him. All right, so off we go. But thank you so much, those of you who listen every week. Uh, we really appreciate uh-huh. it. And feel free to hit us up on Twitter with your questions anytime. And we will talk to you soon.